0: Welcome to the Community Development Podcast. A podcast dedicated to community development practice and approaches, sharing our learning and connecting the workforce. My name is Russell. First podcast of 2020. In a moment we are going to be joined by Mark McFeters, a lecturer in community youth work at Ulster University, in Northern Ireland, and by one of his final year undergraduates, Lauren McAreevy. Just wait for them to get settled in at the Jordanstown campus to the north of Belfast. Uh, in the meantime, just a way of recap of what we got up to at the end of 2019. Podcast 21 was with Pippa Coots from Carnegie UK Trust in Stirling, where we got together to talk about the turnaround towns paper that they'd not long published at that point that looks very much at kind of how towns and it is specifically towns can revive fortunes can create new narratives for themselves but quite specifically we talked about the role of the community sector the role specifically of independent of autonomous uh, development trust type organizations those creative vibrant but locally owned uh, organizations community anchors i tend to call them also known as hubs the critical role they have in turning around some of the fortunes of uh, of of those towns before that was really really grateful for the invitation to the uh, o oh, water Year celebration event with Eden Communities Wells at the Big Moose Coffee in Cardiff City Centre where they were just looking back through the course of the year as to what different very grassroots community activity and endeavour had, had achieved throughout, throughout the year based in and, and on the outskirts of Cardiff and um, I was joined by a couple of those speakers uh, who talked a little bit about their work as well so yeah looking forward to catching up with Mark and Lauren it will be great to have another view from Northern Ireland podcast 19 I had a really fascinating conversation with Johnny Curry talking about his community development practice in East Belfast and I'm looking forward to hearing a bit more from what's going on over there although that said Mark is talking a little bit more generically about uh, youth work and it is a discipline still as a relatively young profession and what's going to be fascinating is hearing from Lauren about where she is at you know immersed in that learning not long having finished placements um, really looking forward to seeing what the different perspectives are so yeah, hello, Mark. Hello Russell. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. How is Jordanstown this morning?
1: So Jordanstown we're yeah, we about five or six miles outside of Belfast and it's cold wet when they were right along the Shore um Belfast lock, so it's it's pretty blustery, pretty cold, but the sun is just coming out, so we're I feel that like we were like summer but it's pretty icy.
0: You're indoors on, on university campus, so we're not doing this in some sort of outreach, youth work outreach context on a <laughs> on a on a drafty we're street real. corner.
1: Hello. We're relatively luxury, we've no heat in this room for some reason, although we have some nice plants and stuff like some. Uh, the main thing, the,
0: the main thing is the fire test, the fire alarm test has, has been and gone, so we're hoping not to get inter, in, interrupted with that.
1: As long as a class doesn't come into this room, we'll, we'll be okay.
0: What is it you do at uh, the University of Ulster then, Mark?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm i a lecturer in CUNY Youth Work. We have a, a BSc Honours degree in CUNY Youth Work, which runs in a, in a couple of different versions, but... Um, I am involved in the full-time route so it's a three-year full-time degree and my role is looking after first-year full-time students in the main and secondary to that then I look after placements across the levels so our students will complete a block placement um, on every year of their course and on the full-time version so I look after the placement and coordination of placements and liaison with the sector and um, helping students identify placements. I mean in terms of some of the context we also have a, a part-time version of the course it runs over four years um, where students are in a concurrent place and throughout their training. I mean, they're here one day a week for study time, but it's a slightly different route. And we have a, a colleague who looks after that. Um, we also will then run a postgrad, a top postgrad programme um, in the Northwest in Londonderry at our McGee campus. Um, and again, that's a two-year postgraduate programme with an additional year for a master's. So a range of, or suite of programmes, I suppose, across the university. But I, I kind of slot in with the full-time um, BSc honour programme.
0: And uh, that that's kind of important as well, isn't it? The fact that it's it's uh, a university with lots of campuses and connections with communities.
1: Yeah, yeah so we're so well we were the University of Ulster, within the last couple of years which we've just changed to become Ulster University. That makes a big, a big difference. But we, yes, so Jordanstown, the location I'm at, Jordanstown, is as I said, about five or six miles north of Belfast, just right on the Lock Shore of Belfast Lock. We're due to move to Belfast City Centre within the next, you know, couple of years. The new building is currently being finished off, and on the, I again, the northern part of the city centre. Um, but we have campuses in in Corain, and we have another which is kind of northeast of Northern Ireland. And then we have a campus in McGee, which is our dairy, London Dairy site. Um, and I mean our our course itself has always been historically a split campus course um, between ourselves at Jordanstown and McGee. So in the past, McGee, for example, has run a part-time BSC honours degree when a postgrad has been at Jordanstown, but at the minute our our focus on McGee is particularly around um, level four pre-vocational training. Continuing professional development programs, and then our postgraduate masters programs. Whereas Jordanstown, our focus is around undergrad training, both part time and full time. So yeah, we're a team of seven people. Six of us um, are based almost full time here at Jordanstown, and then we have one colleague who's full time up in in the northwest of the And
0: the relevance of all this is because we're going to be talking about youth work, and that that's the first for the for the podcast. I think we have touched on it uh, on, on a couple of occasions, but really, really very very little in in depth. In the past, previous episodes, uh, another first day is also the involvement of a of a student who's uh, you know immersed in that that learning process, doing that studying, doing doing the placements, not long finished one. So welcome to the podcast, Lauren.
2: Thanks. I'm really excited
0: for it. So <laughs> your final final year, yeah how's how's it going?
2: Yeah, it's great in the depths of it now. So finishing my final um, placement, and then I have a critical thinking module, and on to... What is essentially a dissertation? It's our study of applied
0: practice. Uh, dreaded dissertation. I did joint honours for my degree, and so I didn't have to do one, which uh, I can remember <laughs> quite quite fondly. While everybody else was, all my single honours friends were uh, trying to meet, meet the deadline with a with a few sort of hours to spare. I'm I'm, I'm sure that uh, you said you just just off there before we started. You've not long finished the placement. Where was that? It
2: was with the Northern Ireland Youth Forum, so they're a regional youth organisation um, based in Belfast and um, they work across the north, um, working with young people of all ages and promoting the voice of young people.
0: Which is needed at that level, but I guess it's also needed at, at, at community levels increasingly.
2: Massively, yeah. We're actually working in communities, but then today our director's up in Stormont and promoting a youth Assembly and how that's needed as well. And there's different platforms that we need to be providing for young people to have the voice heard.
0: It was episode 19 that, as I touched on a bit earlier, that Johnny, Carry and I were, were chatting about his practice. And he was obviously talking about his his work and talking about uh, what he does sort of very much in situ in East Belfast, where he's based. And we're not going to be talking about youth work in Northern Ireland per se, but looking at it a bit more generally as a, as a discipline. But I guess place matters and it informs you know, what we do and, and, and how we understand community and things like that. So we're going to touch on that. But I think, Mark, you got wind of, that Johnny and I had had this chat. Johnny obviously sort of shared the, the link to the podcast via his own sort of networks. But, um, and we had a sort of a chat and we actually thought actually something that just is reflective, but also just puts out there very, very simply, you know, well, what is youth work? Because presumably it's not just anything or anyone who has contact with young people are teachers yeah. doing youth work are scout or guide leaders doing youth work are there particular approaches particular sort of values and principles that underpin it that therefore defines it as youth work and therefore distinct from from other like i said other contacts then with young people
1: good, good question i mean you're you're touching on some of our some of our modules some of our essay essays there i suppose obviously in terms of the focus the primary focus around in youth work is on young people and so whenever we're talking youth work we're talking primarily around an age specific piece of work, which is which is different as opposed to children, different to adults. But looking particularly at young people, I suppose in terms of the purpose of community youth work, as we understand it, it's particularly you know promoting education, welfare rights of young people in particular. You know, so that comes in various forms in terms of practice. But effectively, what we're looking at is you know, how do we help young people grow and develop? How do we help them influence the settings in which they live and and make change and have a voice, as Lauren was heading with her placement there, as well as thinking about inclusion, equity. And I suppose in terms of some of the process, I mean, the the real focus is around the informal, educative focus, that youth work is distinctly educational in its approach and its process. Um, And that's where I would differentiate between as you say, somebody hanging out with young people and having having or doing activities with young people versus somebody who is a professionally trained youth worker working in a distinctly youth work way, broadly speaking.
2: Yeah, I think Mark's pretty much like covered. Like, there's an essay we have in first year. It's what is youth work, and I'm sitting there like, oh my god, where do you even begin? Um, so I took the route of what is youth work in relation to conversation, and I think that's a key feature of our method even our methodologies in terms of just starting with a conversation with a young person and not going to maybe our targets as maybe a teacher we talk to or their curriculum and just starting where the young person's at and I think that's very key to the work that we
0: do no I think that's helpful actually for someone who's coming at this you know completely initiated because I've been part of any number of you know, community conversations, community audits, community planning exercises at a very, uh, you know, at a very kind of neighbourhood community level. And one of the things I think probably has been said every single time, um, or certainly most of the time, is, oh, we, we need more for young people. You know, we, we need more for children. And it is hard to, indeed, I think it's wrong to kind of sort of criticise that or be opposed to that. I think that's inherently a good thing. But it, I came to understand eventually, and it wasn't an immediate thing, it was from having spending time with youth workers... I have no, you know, cards on the table. I have no work qualifications or or, or much by way of experience. But it became clear to me from spending time with those youth workers that actually you need to probe that, you know, something for the kids in in inverted commas. You need to probe that a bit more and you need to break that down because it's not just providing swings and a roundabout. It's not just opening the youth, opening, sorry, the community centre, you know, another night just for for, for them and getting a pool table. That process of, something else going on that's a bit more meaningful that's a bit more like you say reflective educational i think was the word specifically used is distinct from just i don't know you know upgrading the local park which is not to say that youth workers don't have a role in that process perhaps and certainly facilitating young people's voice in how that park is upgraded but but it's quite distinct from from other things i'm not sure i was appreciative of that when i first started doing community work looking back
1: yeah no and it's funny we were even just talking before like you know I'm thinking back whenever I started as well before I was trained and you know, got a post a youth worker I mean I really had no idea what I was doing you know and you, and you quickly I mean looking back you're right you think some things I was doing in the early days where I had no idea you guys I was really good practice really good youth work I mean I didn't know it at the time yeah but it was, I suppose it's linking to that wasn't you know, the purpose and intention, intentionality around what you're there for. So, you know, in the same vein that having a pool table or, you know, whatever the, acti- whatever the activity is with the, with the young person isn't a youth work methodology, but then it's the purpose and intention of the person who is with that young person. What is their presence? What's their role? What's their agenda, I suppose, in that relationship? And I think, as Lauren touched on, I think you know, that conversation piece is, is critical in terms of, you know, it's, and, you know, that then leads to some of the critique around what youth works is about, because as, as you said there, also you know, there's no, there's no doubt that there's, there's teachers, social workers, counsellors who are really good youth workers, although they wouldn't describe themselves that, but they have this critical point of, of there's something about maybe the conversation or the nature of the, of the relationship that is that is really good youth work. And so we try to bring those things together to, to articulate if this is actually what professional practice is about, you know, and I suppose that's important to recognise as well that whilst the youth work label might not be on somebody, there are some, some teachers, for example, like I'm on all, all, all my own life are really good youth workers but you, you know we're housed within a slightly different environment as well
0: yeah yeah so I mean Lauren are you, are you thinking of these things so when you're on your placements or have been on your placements are these are things going through your mind are you seeing the the kind of the, the theory the classroom the time you spent in the classroom with you know with Alexa Mark and colleagues talking about this stuff are you beginning to sort of see that then when you're out on your placements
2: yeah absolutely we have a process in which that we do reflective recording um on placement so it's just an opportunity for us to reflect on our learning and add a bit of theory to that and through that process that definitely helped me understand the formal side of it but then the hands-on side of practice and engaging with young people but even just that simple transference from seeing it happen and hearing it about it it's very clear, like the models even and how they implement in real life. You you, you just kind of click with these yeah, things and yeah. you're like, oh, that makes sense now. There's actually a formal way of this being done, but I'm doing it already in my processes. It's just sometimes natural as well.
0: Are you able to give like a sort of like an illustration or a flavour of what that sort of reflective process might sort of cover? Because I think it's helpful if, if someone's listening to this and so is still thinking, yeah, but it's just kind of adults kind of hanging out with with young people, as, as hopefully we, we are and, and, and will continue to, to demonstrate, it is a bit more meaningful and a bit deeper than that. And there is, like you said, there's models, there's there are approaches and, and values underpinning it all and principles. So what does that reflective process possibly kind of look like, possibly cover?
2: For me, I would be quite reflective and I enjoy just learning from experience. After a session, we would debrief and that's evaluating the session. But even in terms of my own learning, it's maybe... Having a one to one and maybe filling out a form and really thinking through, right, what was my thoughts and feelings in that? How did that impact on the young person? How was the young person in that situation? It's thinking through every factor nearly and unpacking that for yourself and really just zoning in on thoughts, feelings, emotions, and (laughs) the impact of that.
0: So, is it possible and is it conceivable that that? That reflection might take place after something that's fairly unstructured, open access, whoever might kind of rock up tonight, or it could be something that's a little bit more planned with a bit more intent around covering aspects. I don't know, it could be careers, it could be aspirations, it could be tackling particular issues, bullying or something like that.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, So if I'm running a programme, I would reflect after the session just for my own learning and then to reflect on the effectiveness of it in terms of. What did the group take away? How um, was it in terms of my planning for the session? How did that execute? But then in terms of a drop-in, I would reflect on what was the atmosphere like tonight? What kind of conversations did I have with the young people? What were their emotions? So did anyone come in that was maybe creating issues? Maybe what's going on for them? Mm -hmm. It's really unpacking the situation, whether it is planned or maybe it's totally a drop-in kind of session in terms of young people dropping in and out. and
0: just hanging around with their friends. Yeah, I think what's interesting as well is we did a podcast a while back around this term of co-production and looked at it not in a necessarily traditional community development sense or certainly not in any kind of neighbourhood or or estate sort of context, but with um, a heritage organisation affiliated to the University of Huddersfield in the north of England, and it was around collecting, collating, Preserving kind of memories to do with rugby league, and of course the supporters were were a community of interest. They had this kind of real long, tight, very passionate connection with that particular sport. And uh, Dave uh, Smith, at the heritage key institution, at the heritage institution, was talking about how, look, you know, I'm I'm the, I think he called himself the professional idiot, and they're the amateur experts. Um, because he knows nothing about that particular sport, but what they were trying to do was co-produce something that's meaningful to these people. So that was the the context to explore in that. So it was quite removed from maybe the context that that us three are familiar with. There's still those bonds and those connections between people based around, in that context, a particular sport. And this issue of co-production, the more I've kind of heard about it, I think, to my experience, not all, I'll hasten to add, but a lot of youth workers have been co-producing things with young people for quite some time, yet it tends to get presented as this, you know, rather kind of buzz, new trendy type approach. I I wonder whether it is in the youth work context.
1: One of the core values, I suppose, that we talk about in the the early days in this course, around that idea of association, which really links to what you're saying Mm. also, in terms of, you know, it's a fundamental part of the way we work is is with with young people, rather than youth work being something that happens to young people, you know, and that, that idea that, you know, association, we talk about participation, being more than just a young person being in a youth centre, as Lauren's described, it's actually about how we help young people have power and control mm. over decisions. And that could that could range from what colour do you want the walls in the youth centre to how do you politicise young people and do something a more proactive in Lauren's context in terms of placement. So I suppose I would agree, you know, we, we train students here to think much more about our role with the young people is is that it's not about us, although we're the professionals as such. In inverted commas, it's actually a young person centric way of working. That actually this is about the needs of the young people in front of us. How do we help them on their own journey? To be cliche about it, um, to you know, to realise their potential to move forward, one step or ten steps, whatever it might be. And how do we help them? You know, as you say, make things do things actually with people. Whether that's peers or professionally trained youth workers, rather than how do we do things for young people and then create opportunities for them to go and do things because that, that in the long run doesn't actually work and so that gets back to some of that Frearian methodology mm-hmm. or view in terms of emancipation and helping young people have their own voice and their own stake in the system as such like, you know, so it's very much part of you know, the fundamentals of our profession, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you enjoying it, Lauren?
2: Yeah, I really love it and participation's Uh, aspect of working with young people that I am very passionate about and I think through my own experience as a young person I kind of seen value and yeah I need that opportunity so now I'm looking to create platforms and allow young people that opportunity
0: also. Yeah. To, to what extent, Mark? Has that language changed? I mean, is there is there a bit of a journey taking place here over the last I don't know twenty years or and and that might well be more locally to yourselves in Northern Ireland. It might be elsewhere in the UK and Ireland or, or maybe even further afield.
1: Yeah, it definitely. is changing or has been changing. I suppose you know tracking our history. I suppose you know reasonably young professionals. Mm-hmm. Such you know kind of you know late 60s, early 70s in terms of professionally endorsed training, The course here started early 1970s, no long after the troubles kicked off. And I suppose, so we're still quite young. And I suppose with that being said, youth work, regardless of the context, is contested in terms of its place as a profession. What does it mean? All that kind of stuff. So we're, we're always fighting that, that battle of trying to articulate who we are, what we do, and why that is unique or distinct or of any value, I suppose. And I suppose what I was saying about the last maybe 10, 15 years, you know, government policy... Funding austerity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's this big, you know, the big agenda around management and control starts to predicate any practice delivery because you're fighting that upward battle of whether it's whether it's safeguarding restrictions or protocols. You're also fighting with funding demands and requirements, I and mean, we have all got to play the game to some extent. But that that does start to dilute the ethos and vision of what youth work was designed to be, and I, I suppose particularly around some of those basic yet very profound elements around, as Lauren said, conversation and Relationship building, um, mm. being with young people, association, participation, those are the things that start to struggle because they're the things that they don't get lost, but they get diluted in the sense yeah. that a practitioner yeah. would then struggle to identify this is a key part of what youth work is about, rather than have been to a university course and I am better hanging out with young people, you know, I suppose that's, that's important mm. to, to mm. You know, our very first modules in the course is about getting back to okay, what is what is youth work really about? What are we talking about here? Not in terms of tell me your experience and what you think it's about, it's actually let's go back to what what is this really about and is what you're doing really youth work or is there a critique to be had there as well? Yeah. So I suppose, yes, I mean, the language definitely is changing, particularly with in terms of funding and money and budgets, the language changes to, as Lauren's already alluded to, you know, in terms of outcomes and evidence, that starts to become a much bigger feature of all of our professions, Mm. and with some part in terms of demonstrating value for money and competing for funding, that starts to change the whole environment. And I mean, the the Northern Irish context itself is, as you say, youth work is, is the same in terms of values and underpinning professional standards across the UK and Ireland. But in terms of the Northern Irish context, it has changed because we're now or we're in a peaceful society now. I suppose we're post Good Friday Agreement, which you know things have changed thankfully. But there's some things that haven't changed all that mm-hmm. much. And I suppose it's recognising that yes, we've moved on and things have changed in terms of our focus. You know, words like community relations, um have changed to you know words around good relations. There's you know citizenship is a big feature of our practice now rather than dealing with social injustice. Mm-hmm. You know, the language around how funders would describe things and how policy would describe things has changed. Well, I suppose some of the issues are, are the same as they have, have been, you know, and I suppose that's interesting.
0: That certainly echoes what, what Johnny was sort of talking about and not too, certainly no, in no way, and it's not my place to gloss over anything related to the troubles and that period. But, you know, when he's talking about people, processes of de industrialization affecting Parts of Belfast, mm. for argument's sake, and and certainly you know, I'm familiar with it in, in South Wales. That doesn't tend to follow lines of religion or faith or community boundaries to, to any great extent. That can lay swathe to kind of you know whole whole communities that process. And I think certainly for me looking at it as as a very much an outsider, there's something in that that kind of those conversations, you know, which I think is an incredibly powerful word, but it's one that we use quite a lot without necessarily realizing its potential power. That word conversation, I think, is key because if we were to have more conversations about those processes, how the capitalist system works, how the economy works, what is I don't know neoliberalism and all those sorts of things, we begin to realise that actually there is a little bit more ties that bind us than we may perhaps want even to appreciate let alone do appreciate. And um, I thought to be fair to Johnny, he kind of articulated some of those things and things you know, really, really well. But at the same time, he was talking about how he has to you know, modify some of the language he uses. So whereas, a very, one of the early podcasts that we did with um, a guy, Steve Smith, based up Indeed, he was writing a book about community work. And he says, I come at this from a rights-based approach and it is non-negotiable. That is it. You, you get me, you get that. You get that, you get me. And Johnny was sort of talking about how well, yeah, no, I agree. I have to modify the language. Because the word rights has certain, for want of a be- better word, baggage than in some of the communities he works in. And I thought that was fascinating because, you know, language does matter. And these terms are, yeah. they can often be, they can often be contested. I, I always find interesting these, these concepts of these words of things like poverty, austerity, inequality. What do those words mean? Or what influence over the meaning of those words do people in communities, do people in communities have who are at the the receiving end, as it were, of those things? You refer to power, marketing You take power back. You reclaim some sense of ownership of some of this language and these terminologies to say, actually, I remember reading a fantastic visual exercise. I forget the charity it was. I think it was a housing charity, maybe, and it was in the World's Millennium Centre, big kind of brand new, flashy kind of opera arts house. And and it was talking about credit crunch. It was late two thousands, just as the recession is about to start. And there was a phrase in there, a quotation, that someone said. You know I hear a lot about credit crunch my entire life has been a credit crunch this sense that actually meaning of certain terms and terminologies and wording permeates policy government media it's how councillors use them in a local community other people don't get a, don't get the chance to say what those words mean to them or the impact of those and I guess maybe you know for certain parts of the community young people I, I would guess are one of them they get even less chance to articulate their voice around these things is that fair that's yes,
1: right yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one of the things funny we, we would often critique students for saying this, and I'm, going to, I'm going to use it myself, but <laughs> we often talk about, you know, our students would often say, you know, I'm working with young people where they're at. And we, we kind of know what they mean in the sense that mm. it's from starting point, but it's again, it's about, about recognising that, you know, us as youth workers, and I'm thinking back to whenever I was a practitioner on the ground myself, you know, you're never you're never coming into a community with the answers and young people follow us and we will lead you to the, to the way of the promised land it's such that you're trying to you're trying to recognize that actually there's things that a community as you say, is bound by you know and historically and and culturally that you've got to recognize in order to, to do your work with with and for those in the community suppose it's recognizing that whether you're a grassroots youth worker working in a, a drop-in center environment or if you're in the youth forum or a, a regional voluntary organization with a, a wider remit, you're, you're, or if you're at the university, delivering a training program you're always thinking about is this serving the needs of those young people in our communities at grassroots level because whether it's whether it's an issue around you know his, history from you know uh, the troubles whether it's to do with mental health or yeah. isolation or relationships etc etc it's always about recognizing what what is best for this group of people at this mm-hmm. time and how do we how do we help aid their process or journey to as you as yeah, taking control over that Mm-hmm. what they can't suppose but i mean as you say i mean there's young people who won't recognize in some ways what is at their hand in terms of being able to take power control over something or what they have a stake in how they can contribute I suppose that's another part of what a youth worker's role is is the horizons to realize that there's there's more that you can consider as opportunities or options and that's again part of what likes some lauren would be doing with and um, we work on placement and, and in practice as well like yeah. you know what it's what yeah. it's it's challenging to do that
0: between you and me, Lauren, feel free to get your own back and you can get him to critique any of the terms he's using. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just glad Lauren's saying the right answers. Like I'm learning a few things here
0: as well. <laughs> <laughs> Quality teaching, I'm sure. Quality teaching. Again, playing devil's advocate a little bit. I mean, I, and, I, and I, well, as you know, he said, he's more, no, it's, it, there's a bit more to it than that. I used to find every now and again I'd have this kind of crisis of confidence. And I'm not so front facing, immersed, community based as, as I have been in the past these days, I'll, I'll concede. But that thing that I know a little bit about a lot but i don't know a lot about one or two particular things and you know you get to know a little bit about the planning process you got to little know a bit know about funding and grants you might get to know a bit a lot more of about that i suppose you get to know a little bit about environmental issues you get a little bit of you get a little bit of insight into youth work because you rub shoulders with youth workers and things to what extent are youth workers a jack of all trades but master of none so they know a little bit about education and school environments they know a little bit about maybe services related to sort of sexual health they know a little bit about sport and games but maybe very rarely ever more than that is that is that something that 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 happens or people kind of worry about because it used to worry me
2: it's definitely a worry like young people face all sorts of problems and we can't be the person to fix it all I think that's important and we would refer to it as a rescuer and that's not our role as well. And I think that we forget that as practitioners and sometimes we run to try and fix everything. But it's about signposting as well. And I think that's a key aspect of our work in terms of knowing people and being able to reach out to other people and look for help. And to be like, can you um, come in and talk to my group? They're maybe looking to find out more about this or that. But I think we, we try and make ourselves at least aware and a wee bit of informed at least around mm, different mm, aspects mm. so that we can at least know people in other areas that we can touch on. Yeah. Um, I think everyone has their own areas that they know a bit more on and I think that's great because then you can't be that person to be called upon also. Um,
1: yeah, so, I so
0: think... And to what extent are youth workers, I mean it's a, this is a very general question, but to what extent are youth workers, Afforded the time to develop relationships then with some of those other partners, stakeholders, organisations, services, etc. Because, like you said, Mark, earlier, that pressure for value for money, you know, I found it with aspects of delivery within the communities, a community development, communities first, a specific Welsh Government programme context, that it was all about delivery, focus on delivery, as if, you know, if you're not actually physically in a room with somebody in a broad community sense, that you're not providing value for money yet. It's all a good sort of saying, I need to, you know, my role is to sign posts, but you need to have. You need to know you know, to whom and where and actually there could be three or four options and you've got to identify which is the, the perhaps most appropriate or the best quality one or whatever. So to what extent are you afforded that time or should you be afforded the time to do that?
2: I think that's a process of kind of growing in the sector as an individual and working with different organisations and partnership work like maybe you're working in a team so different people have different people they can show on and you can network in that kind of um but it's also maybe going to consultations about funding so then you can meet people who are going through the same processes as you and making them contacts as well i think it's about you as an individual but it's also your organization you're working for in terms Mm. of putting you forward for them opportunities and investing in in you as a worker as well
1: Mm. it's funny because i do think that one of one of the quirks with our Northern Irish context is really well. Not, not, we're not pretty small, we're really small, so therefore it's quite a tight knit, weak community in terms of, you know, you tend to know what's out there and what's what's, and whether this is right or wrong. You can you tend to have a sense of what's the a good place to refer somebody to or not uh, refer them to. Those kind of things, That's me, not unfair. But I suppose it's funny as Lauren was talking. I was thinking back to whenever I was a youth worker, which isn't all that long ago. Part of the way we deliver the course, one of the one of the one of the modules. In fact, every model, one model in particular deals with self-awareness, mm-hmm. you know, so a, a, a worker trying to grapple with who am I, what are the things that I really grapple with, and how do I understand how I relate the other people, and it's always one of the things I would say of, of my own practice is that there are times whenever, because you're the person with a relationship with a young person, and in some ways there's a sense of dependency there, that you then as a worker, whether you want to or not, tend to have a sense of, superhero persona about you where you feel like I want to be the person to solve your problem and that's the way we need to change people's thinking around is actually thinking much more about the young person and focusing that away from the worker and being okay with you know letting somebody else work with that person because mm-hmm. actually it's about the young person again that thinking back to that journey and thinking about you know we, we talk here again about rather than having a deficit model of the, young, of the young person with a problem to be fixed it's more about a strengths-based approach and looking at the repertoire of Characteristics and skills and qualities they have that can be utilized to help them move forward rather than, you know, I have this issue, okay, let's fix that bug thing. Again, that's that's where we as a profession get ourselves in problems because you, you just go from fixing, you know, we're putting fire to left, right, and center. And that doesn't actually change society, it actually no. just prolongs some of the, you know, some of the pain or the hurt or the, the issues going on, still
0: And uh, I think there's a very, very clear parallel with the community development working in a bit more of a generic sense then I suppose rejecting that deficit model looking build building on strengths building on those assets identifying those assets maybe almost to a certain extent almost re-narrating certain aspects of of community to recognize that this is an asset or potentially an asset and, and, and then building it from there so I think there's definitely a parallel there you've got this really interesting website called critical voice Tell me a bit more about that, because I'm not aware of much similar in my uh, networks and, uh, and locality here.
1: So Critical Voice NI um, started, gee, I should know this, but I'm sure it's at least six years ago, uh, give or take. My colleagues will laugh at me for not knowing that. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty simple and simplistic website. The idea really was, it's a, partner, I mean, it's a partnership between ourselves at Ulster University and Youth Action Northern Ireland, who are a regional voluntary youth organisation organization with the premise of trying to help youth workers articulate their practice, whether that be via writing a short blog style reflective piece on a piece of work that we're delivering to a longer, maybe two or three thousand word article. That's not, a, not a, in an academic published quality piece of writing, but it's tr- again, trying to raise the level of the sector to articulate some of the process and some of the things we were finding in, in practice. So whenever I first got involved in Critical Voice, I was a youth worker I wasn't involved on the inside as such, and um, you know I went to a few writing days, and, r- and really was trying to bring people together who had an interest for writing and research, and trying to say something about our practice because you know the idea, I'm sure, maybe the, the English and Welsh context is the same. Trying to get research that is published and trying to say something at that higher level is too far away from grassroots practice. Yet there is so much work going on that has something to say into that into that space, that there needed to be a space for that to happen. so Youth Action had developed what was called the Critical Research Hub, which effectively was a series of events which brought in experts who were presenting research to a bunch of youth workers. And then alongside that, then the Critical Voice became the writing side of that. Um, We have a steering group or advisory group with an editorial team that are made up of, of partners between ourselves and the sector, again, run by Ulster and Youth Action, and trying to, again, raise raise a bank of writing, research, you know, you know, it's quite it's quite anecdotal research in a lot of ways, you know, it's not in terms of any academic rigour, but it's trying to use what's going on in terms of grassroots practice to speak into that public space, you know, so we try to encourage our students as they're writing their dissertations, for example, you know, to think about if this is of good quality and say something really interesting, this could be a space where that could be helpful mm. for the sector, and we have, you know, a number of colleagues across, you know, statutory bodies and community voluntary bodies speaking into that space so it's an online site we'll send you the links you have that for your show notes whatever but you know it's a really great site in terms of i mean we particularly would send post students to that you know who use that then for helping develop a bit of reading skill and trying to understand what's out there and what it does particularly well i suppose is brings a range of themes cross-cutting themes you know some of those specialisms you're talking about you know whilst we don't teach some of those specialisms on the course you know, as Lauren said, like, once you once you graduate, we lay the foundation. Once you graduate and go out, you find lots of different things you're interested in. And what the Critical Voice site does really well is that it brings through some of those strong themes that people have a passion about. So, for example, if somebody was raising a particular issue around i don't know mental health or something like that and there was other colleagues in the sector wanted to get pulled together what would happen is you would pull together as a writing group develop some ideas and then try to write something together would really be the way that would happen and then it comes through a few processes but it's it's a great resource you know it's really you said it's a bit different i suppose i mean we would liken it a wee bit to the likes of youth and policy journal was a slightly it's obviously academic but a bit like that in some senses but in terms of the practice and applied nature and then the likes of in defense of youth work campaign which is in again an english context again it's just trying to say something on behalf of those who who are really busy doing the work but want to be able to say something about their yeah. practice that feeds it, yeah. a bigger conversation you know so, so that was a bit of a long-winded explanation no no I,
0: I think it sums up brilliantly because i think that that writing process is you know it is inherently or i think it is yeah i don't think it, i think it can avoid being it. it it is it is a reflective process in itself I think particularly where you're, you know, it's an opportunity to da- download something, you know, that that, you know, that thing that you've learned or that new issue that you've become aware of. And you know, I remember somebody coming to me a few years ago, and they sort of said, "Look, you know, we've got a real issue with with um, what we think is a very nascent kind of gang culture in in, in a part of Cardiff." And um, I, 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 where do I start? I, I, uh, and, and Wales doesn't have that really to any great great extent, certainly in any way, some of the bigger English cities. And um, and of course what we didn't have, because it was a Welsh programme only operating in Wales, what we didn't have was peers within, the, within that context available to us to go and learn from. So immediately we had to kind of broaden our horizons, and you used that phrase a bit earlier, to go and say, okay, we've got to go to Bristol. Now, <laughs> Bristol's not that far, but that policy sense because of, to a certain extent, a reflection of the evolution and how maybe those borders have become a little bit harder, a bit firmer, Bristol feels a long way away in that policy sense. That was an interesting experience for me because I began to think, actually, you know, we, we as programmes need to connect across the, the four nations, five nations. I was involved with a piece of work that involved the Republic of Ireland as well. And, and actually, if we if we lack that... I think there is a danger we we, we begin to close off avenues for learning from each other, which I think is always a bad thing. But it can't just stay at that level as well. And I think that's what the site does really, really well is it just gives people that platform, that opportunity to get something down. And, um, yeah, it, it set since, since you first sent me the link, it set the cogs, cogs turning in my head about a, a couple of things that maybe, uh, maybe we can do again in the, in the you know, the age old kind of adage of community work, you know, you don't wait for it to be done to you just, you know, crack on and do it yourselves, organize yourselves and do it. And maybe there's some sort of site that we can put together, but I sense there's similar motives behind that site as to behind this podcast with me as well. So if people want to keep in touch with you, Mark and, and Lauren and, and others involved in the, the, the department and the studies, what's the best channels and platforms?
1: Yeah, as, as I suppose for the institution, we're we're, I mean, we're not actually we're not too bad in terms of Twitter activity. So we're at Ulster Uni. I think it's Ulster Uni CYW, but if you just look for Ulster University CUNY Youth Work, we we have an active Twitter feed, and you'll hear updates in terms of research and and kind of bits some pieces we're pumping out. And that's also a good place to link, as opposed to the Critical Voice um, website as well. So it's Critical Voice Northern Ireland is the. Um, is the website and the twitter handle is critical voice ni which would be a good a good place for people again to pick up some of the writing we've done so the, the only other thing i suppose we would say in terms of our own context if people were interested and in, in hear more or, um there's a series of books called investing in lives that one of our former colleagues professor professor sam mccready as, as, a, as a first version which has been out for a number of years and i don't even know the year of it now but um he just has a second book about to be released again it's it's we tend to find a lot of our go to policy documents and reading in history is an English based version and we translate that. Whereas what Sam and, and, our, and Richard Loudon, who were, used to work here, have done is, is track that history in our own environment, which is really interesting and really feeds into our course. So the second Invest in Life 2 is coming out on the 14th of February and people can get a hold of that. was a really good place just to pick up some of the particulars about our Northern Irish context, given some of the troubles and the religious backdrop to what we're doing mm-hmm. as well like, you know, mm-hmm. but they're, they're certainly the best place to contact and then the team the team ourselves we're on we're on twitter as well but i think i think going through that um ulster uni will eventually bring you to the various parts of the team and again each of us have our own specialisms in terms of research and and writing interests as opposed to if anybody you have a particular interest there's there's a variety of specialisms within the team to to pick out if somebody's interested.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, like I said, Leon, best of luck with the studies. Best of luck with the dissertation. Don't envy you. Um, best of luck with whatever, whatever comes after that. Let's keep in touch. I know we've discussed maybe kind of drilling down a little bit more into youth work as a topic, looking at different aspects. So certainly, there's been some fantastic work of. I only really glanced at, I'll concede, around the role of people in the peace process and peace building, which I think is is, is potentially really, really rich to, 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 to discuss in a bit more detail. Put me in touch with a couple of those colleagues from the McGee campus, I think, talking about communities and trauma and, and adversity, not just the impact of it, but how you can respond to it and how actually sometimes it can though no one would not want to go through those processes again it can have a sort of galvanizing effect and can have positive silver linings as it were to, to some of those clouds so that's going to be good with uh, with your colleague breeder uh, mark so yeah and uh, i'd like to catch up with uh, with johnny again at some point and see where he's at because i think am i right in thinking that Stormont is they're all playing with each other again they've got their ball back they're all
1: talking we're back in action yeah, yeah. so that's of a couple of 40 maybe Yeah, so things are back up and running. So obviously, maybe maybe Johnny's podcast did something there. Somebody was listening. So, well, yeah, we're we're back in action.
0: So I'm not going to claim it didn't put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but yeah, and it'd be interesting maybe to see if that context, those you know those happenings, those processes, whether they do sort of filter through and translate in in Johnny's case, your updated sort of community strategies and. You know, other things related to the, to the policy and certainly the funding aspect of things. Because he said things that just kind of they just kind of rolled forward year on year, without any kind of real kind of interrogation of okay, well, what do we want to do now? What what is there a new phase you need to enter? It's just sort of happened, and it didn't strike me as a particularly healthy thing. But I, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on the politics. But um, if there's no if there's no alternative, then I guess it's the it's the it's the, the best of a, of a bad bunch, I suppose.
1: Hundred percent. Like and I, think, I mean, I think, and obviously, you and shelf like you know whether we're after Northern Irish streaking or whether it's the community voluntary or the, sorry, the youth work streaking is, you know, you make do with what you have yeah. rather than actually sit, sitting back and thinking, okay, let's think about this more. And I suppose that's maybe to our own detriment at times like you kind of just hammer on and, you know, you make the best of what you say, the bad situation, like, you know, which is what's been happening. But hopefully things start to push forward and, and things change. In <laughs> stay in business. Lots yeah, yeah,
0: living. yeah. Crossing lots of fingers and toes. Oh, good. Well, hope that works out. And um, yeah, let's, let's keep in touch. I'm really grateful. Thank you for your time both. Cheers. Um, cheers, yeah.
1: awesome. Thanks.